Hello, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends from around the country and literally around the world. This is another episode with your host, David J. Harris Jr. And today, friends, I wanted to give you a little bit of a uh, a break from all of the chaos that is uh, uh, just seems to be coming at us every single moment of the day. All of the exposing that's going on. There's so much of it. You see it all over the place. I wanted to give you a little break today. I had just recently had the opportunity to be interviewed by Kaya Jones. If you don't know Kaya, she was formerly a singer for the Pussycat Dolls. Um, she's won Grammys. She's tasted the highlights of everything that Hollywood has to offer. And she has turned a corner. She turned a corner. She's living uh, righteous. She is living uh, in right alignment with heaven. And her story is absolutely amazing. And I had the opportunity to actually be on her show, and she got to interview me. Uh, but there was a lot of great nuggets in this interview. And uh, at the end of it, I got to uh, to speak some words to Kaya that brought tears to her eyes. And then she told me, she said, that's the first time that anyone has done that uh, or that that's happened to me on my own show is what she told me. So I know you're going to love it. We go into a little deep dive on uh, the background of me, which I don't talk about a lot. So I hope you enjoy this today. Shut everything else off. Shut everything else down. All the chaos of what's taking place politically, current current events. Just shut that down for a little bit and enjoy this interview. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Messages with Kaya. I'm super excited because today I have a friend, David Harris Jr., on the show. Some of you know him as being this very politically driven, outspoken conservative, but he's also an author, he's a father, and more importantly, he's a Christian. And so that's why it was so important to get him on this show to really expand the magnitude of this individual and really what I think God has uh, set forth for him. So please, everyone, welcome David Harris Jr. to the show. Thank you, Kaya, so, so much for having me on today. And can't leave out that I'm a husband as well of 27 years. We just celebrated our 27-year anniversary. I know that shocks people because most people think I'm in my mid-30s. So I take that as a compliment, but uh, I wouldn't be the man I am today if it wasn't for my bride. Oh, no, I know. And I'm going to get into that. So it's good that we jumped in right away. You, you spoke on that. You know, you've actually been very outspoken about your relationship with your wife and how you didn't always you know, you weren't always on the right path as, as a man and as a husband. I thought that was so telling. And that's actually why I adore following you, watching what you have, you know, next on the radar, because I do think there are a lot of people that have become very prevalent in this time. And I want to hear who they are and what they have to bring. And I think that's the one thing about you that I adore is that you're really opening up about your faith, about your family, and how you've come to this point. You know, it's not just the surface of this is what's happening in the news or this is what's pressing or important for you to know. Um, you share about your marriage. So I guess where we should maybe start, you know, uh, how were you always a Christian? Were, were you always in a home that knew about the Lord or how did that come about really where you stepped forward as a Christian big time? Well, I'm, I'm thankful that I had parents that had me in church at a young age. And my, uh, my family tells me that when I was a little kid, somewhere around four or five years old, 
uh, maybe six, somewhere in there that I had a scripture verse memorized, probably closer to six. I had a scripture verse memorized for every letter of the alphabet. And I'd give, I'd get up on a little shoebox and I'd act like I was preaching. And then um, my mom had in her baby book of me that I got filled with the Holy Spirit at seven years old. Um, so I was thankful for that upbringing and that installation from my family uh, and my parents at such a young age. At nine years old, however, my parents got divorced and my life went into an absolute tailspin. Um, we didn't go to church anymore. It was just focused on normal day-to-day -day stuff of life. And uh, I went to live with my father and uh, early on got involved in partying and, and drinking and that led to drug, drug use. And then before I knew it, I, I knew the people that uh, actually had the quantities of mostly weed, marijuana, had the quantities that all of my other friends were looking for the smaller quantities. So I was like, you know, with a, as a loving a lover of math and, and who doesn't like to make some money, uh, I quickly became somebody that was dealing drugs. And that went not from uh, didn't stay with marijuana, but it went to uh, crank in Northern California was more prevalent than cocaine mushrooms, acid, you, you pretty much name it. In that realm, I was a dealer. So by the time I was 18 years old, uh, I had had multiple relationships. Uh, I didn't like to go all the way with girls. I just was timid in that regard. But if I could get them to like me, then I felt better about myself because I was so messed up internally, uh, especially being half black and half white and growing up in Northern California, which is predominantly a Caucasian area. Most of my friends were white and the black kids in school, you know, would would look at me differently. Uh, and then I'd, you know, I'd taste a little bit of of uh, of uh, white supremacy, if you will, uh, bigotry from individuals that would just look down on me for my color. So I was really mixed up. So add being a mixed up kid going through a divorce uh, to then being a teenager that's diving into drugs. And I, I became one of the main dealers in, in Redding, California. Wow. I, I didn't know this. So now this, this is where, this is why I love this show is really how people can understand the layers of an onion of, of who you are and why you're so passionate about what you're saying, you know? And I think, uh, like myself, I come from a blended family. We were just talking before we started about your daughter and how beautiful she is in her mix. And you, you know, David, you look a lot like my family members, you know, my grandfather is black. My great grandfather is black, and uh, I remember seeing that. He, I remember you posting yeah. that picture a while back. I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah. I was like, "I can yeah. see that in uh, Kaya for sure. I can see that." Yeah, in that. yeah. I come from a very uh, multicultural background, and my grandmother was white, and they were married in a time that you know people would say that's illegal, and you can't do this, and you can't do that. And and he was a surgeon, you know. And my great grandfather was a surgeon and went to great schools. So this narrative always bothers me that uh, that the African American community is not capable uh, of, of, of rising and been risen for a long time. You know, that bothers yeah. me to no end because it's a, it's a, it's a false narrative and it, yep. and it hurts, it hurts the community that uh, is, is really suffering the most, which is yeah. those that are the most impoverished. Yes, they are black and brown people majority of the time, not to say that whites aren't, but it's an issue and, and to perpetuate this poor existence is uh is hurtful and harmful you know
you know, and it really, yep. that's, the, so I get it. I totally get it. With the white kids, I wasn't very popular. With the black kids, I wasn't very popular because I came from a multicultural background. And as a kid, you could tell, you know, I had really crazy wild hair, um, you know, half my time spent in Jamaica with my mom and, you know, had an accent. And so I remember I couldn't say paper. I'd say pepa teacher give me a piece of paper on huh? so yeah i got i got made fun of so i understand i get it so okay you're we're going we're jumping but okay you're in california you're now this dealer who's you know totally not you know you know god but he was with you isn't that the, that's the thing mm. is he was with you he was with you even when you weren't serving him right um yeah. because because he perfectly made you and he loves you so from there where do you really then shift and did you meet your wife then how did that all kind of happen where you started to change really change yeah well i'm so glad you said that he uh papa papa god i call him papa because he's such a good good father he's a good daddy and that's what he longs to be to all of us uh and he never did leave me and anybody i firmly believe this that anybody that's had anyone pray for them especially in their family but any person that's that's watching this that's had somebody pray for you in your lifetime that's painted a heaven target on your spirit on your soul and god will not leave you he will not forsake you he will continue to chase after you to just reveal his goodness to you because he loves you and i'm living proof of that so at 18 years old um i was a dealer my pager going back to the times we had pagers my pager would go off 50 to 100 times a day from people wanting to get connected with whatever I was dealing. And uh, my, my girlfriend at the time, Jennifer, her mom was a single parent. Jennifer was her only daughter, and she was super protective, very overly protective of Jennifer. Um, her Jennifer's boyfriend before me, he was sitting on her bed in the middle of the daytime, and her mom came home and flew off the handle just what are you doing in my daughter's room? You got no business in there. Get out of there. Wow. So her mom was supposed to be gone at a church retreat uh, for Bethel Church, actually in Reading back. This is gosh, 95, wow. I guess it would have been. And uh, she was supposed to be gone till Sunday. I get over to Jennifer's house on Saturday night and I had smoked some weed. I had a big bottle of wine with me and um, we, we were laying in her bed together. We weren't doing anything. I had just got there. And her mom comes home, Kaya. So her mom comes home. We hear her come in the front door and we both look at each other like, oh, crap. And we're waiting for her to fly off the handle. It's probably 11 something at night. And her mom comes in and she opens the door and she's all, what's going on? Jennifer says, well, we're just hanging out. And her mom says to her, is he staying the night? And we're both thinking, where the heck is this coming from? This was only a supernatural grace and peace from God that was given to her mom, Jeanette, because he knew it was going to happen the next day. Uh, so this is not a, this is not a parents do this with your kids. That's for sure. But she said, uh, is he staying the night? And Jennifer said, yeah, he was going to. And then her mom asked her, she said, well, you at least going to go to church tomorrow. And I'm like, here's my chance to look like a goody two shoes. My grandpa was a pastor for 53 years. Uh, I said, we can go to my grandpa's church. Kind of like hint, hint, my grandpa's a pastor. And her mom said, well, what time does it start? And then she shut the door and let me stay the night. So that next morning, I remember waking up and I used to wake and bake. I don't know if you remember that phrase, but it was wake up and mm -hmm. get baked, start smoking yeah. weed. I would wake up. I normally would wake up and wake and bake. I woke up the next morning 
And I remember buttoning up a purple jean shirt kind of dates this as well. And I remember looking <laughs> in the mirror thinking, man, today seems really different. I don't know what's different about today, but it seems really different. So we got to church and my grandpa's church was a full gospel Kojic, you know, church of God in Christ. So the choir is just getting down full gospel, get down. And then somebody would stand up in the middle of the audience uh, where we're sitting and they would testify as to what God was doing in their life. And then the choir would go crazy and the church would go crazy. And then uh, they'd start singing again. And then somebody else would stand up in the middle and they'd start testifying as to what God was doing in their life. And this kept happening, Kaya. And as it kept happening, it was becoming evident to me and a reminder that God is real, but all these people testifying is proof that he's not, he's not only real, but he's actively working in people's lives. And not only am I missing out, but I'm doing the devil's work. My pager's on me in church. Well, my pager didn't go off one time. And what broke it for me was the church mother, this 80 something sweet little black lady. She stood up to testify and she said she went to the window. <laughs> she said she went to the window and she saw a clock in the sky. And she said the hands were winding down. She said time is running out and people got to get right. I feel that even right now for everybody watching, especially right now. She said time is running out and people got to get right. And Kaya, I just broke. I'm, I'm sitting there with my pager on. I'm about to break because it's so true. Yeah. Balling in church. And I felt like I just had to stand up. So I stood up and I said, I'm just glad and thankful I'm still here after 18 years. Some of my friends had gone into juvenile hall for issues, uh, other, other horrible things that happened in the lifestyle that I was in. I just stood up. I thank God that I was still here. And Kaya, the presence of God and the spirit of God flooded me, literally, so much so that I took off and ran around the church. I ran down the front. You had to run out the back door to come back in the other side. I did that three times running around the church. And it felt like a thousand tons of weights were lifted off my shoulders. Things visibly looked different, like visually, everything looked crisper and clearer. And I felt so much pressure released off of me. And uh, I was face to face with this absolute love of God that in the middle of my sin, filled drenched life and lifestyle he reached out to me and revealed himself to me and in that moment i remember thinking i can leave everything in this world behind all the drugs the partying all of it i can leave it all behind but what about this girl jennifer and i heard him speak to me i heard the father speak to me and say don't worry about her just keep loving on me and when i did turn and look at her she had her hands raised she had tears streaming down her cheek and god spoke to me and said there's your bride. So wow. that was October 10th, 1993. We got married April 17th, 1994, and just have celebrated 27 years together. Amazing. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. That's um the what a story. Yeah. But that's because his stories in our life, you can't even write them. They're so incredible. Yeah. Like yep. that lady giving you that word from him. You know, wow. that's that I felt it because the Holy Spirit is is wanting you to speak to those today. You know, that's really what this is about is how can we bring people on that really are going to give their testimony and share God, you know, the magnitude of him. And in a world that's so chaotic right now, and a lot of people know you, David, because, you know, you wrote 
why I couldn't stay silent. You know, that's your, you know what I mean? You wrote a book that was very much, and we're going to touch on that for sure. Cause I know your fans are going to want to hear about it. That's the thing is they don't really understand like what brought you to this moment, why you're you and why you're made for such a time as this. And, you know, so you hear, here you are that you've met your bride. God has brought you to church and from there, yeah, and thank, I mean, how and thank how God did, for her mom, right? Again, supernatural peace she had the night before. That's Jesus. To that's let me Jesus. stay the night. That was Jesus. That was that was totally God. Again, not a not a a, a mission for parents at all, but just mm. uh, he knew what he was doing. And uh, thank God for her to be able to to have the peace wow. and go with that to let me stay the night because of what happened the next day. Well, she's just gorgeous. I see she's like Miss Fitness, and I see you guys always getting your fitness on. So it yeah. like uh, the bond is there with you and her through God, right? Like you guys are really rooted in your faith. Yeah, I mean, we started out again, you know, amazing story I just shared, amazing testimony. And the other thing that I've got to share in there is what God has done for one person, he'll do for you because yeah. he's no respecter of persons. He doesn't pick and choose you know, who he's going to be himself to. He is who he is. And all we have to do is believe and trust that he'll also do that for us or for our loved ones. So anybody watching right now that's in a situation where they need breakthrough, where they need God to show up, where they have a family member or a loved one that needs breakthrough and needs, needs God to show up, just take this, take, the, take God's presence that you're feeling. I keep feeling it in waves over me. Take this and then hold on to it for yourself to believe for a miracle in your son or your daughter's life. Because uh, again, I was literally like Colossians says, I was plucked out of the kingdom of darkness and I was transplanted into the kingdom of light. That's literally what happened in an instant. And nobody can ever take that away. Nobody can argue that from me. Yeah. So we started off, we were still just kids, right? We were, yeah. we were, my wife doesn't like me sharing this all the time, but I will because this is what this episode's about. But literally that I was 18 years old when this happened and my wife was still, uh, at October 10th, she was 15. I was 18. She was 15. Wow. And then she turned uh, 16 in November and we got married in April. So we were 18 and 16 when we got married. We were wow. still kids yeah. and she was still in high school. She was walking around high school with a wedding ring on. All her friends were like, I give it three months. I give it a month. I gave it a week. Uh, here we are still here. That's a testament to God's goodness. But we were Amen. still kids and we still had issues that we had to you know, grow, go through and, and yeah. we should have gotten with uh, a good marriage counselor and gotten with somebody to help walk us through. Mm -hmm. Our first couple of years were amazing. We had probably actually, I don't know, three, four five years. We had amazing years. Uh, we had our first daughter after two years. I was 20. My wife was 18. Then we had our second daughter at, at, at 22 and, and my wife was 20. Uh, somewhere in there, though, I picked back up some of those old habits because I had internal stuff that I had still never dealt with. And it's like toxic, you know, when you have things that you've gone through, the, the separation from my father and mother and me going to live with my dad. And even though he loved me the best way that he could, he gave me a roof over my head, uh, always had food, always had clothes. Um, if you know the five love languages, his, his love languages weren't words of affirmation and physical touch. Uh, they were acts of service. Uh, uh, so, well, my love languages are, are words of affirmation and physical touch. And I would get that from my mom for two months out of the year. I didn't get that from my dad. 
And so all that stuff started to come back out in me. And I began to reach for old things that used to help fill the, that void. So I began drinking again at some, at a certain point, a few years after we got married, uh, then we were both drinking. Then that led to partying with the old people we used to hang out with. And then that led to doing the things we used to do when we partied. So we've had a roller coaster of seasons with God where we were active and then seasons where life just became bigger and our, uh, our issues became, you know, took over. Um, so it's a, it's a long journey for all of it again for 27 years. But what I can say on the positive side is uh, God never left. He's always there to walk a person back and bring them back into alignment. And when I finally did go and get some inner healing stuff um, that flushed out a lot of the issues that brought clarity, literal healing to a lot of those childhood issues that I didn't even know I had. A lot of people hear, oh, you know, childhood issues, you know, that's a that's an excuse for just bad behavior. Well, I think a lot of times, more often than not, there's issues that we've gone through. There's things that we've gone through that have actually created uh, a, a dis-ease, if you will, a break in our soul. And if those things aren't healed, they can continue to come out in very weird ways. Uh, add to that the fact that the kingdom of darkness, the angels of darkness are here to try to you know, rot, steal, kill, and destroy you and everything that's good in your life. And if you don't have somebody strategic that you can walk through some of the inner healing things with, and, and you try to just manage them yourself or they're left unchecked, uh, it can continue to just be like walking around the mountain. You're walking around mountains, you have good seasons, good times, sunshine, and then you find yourself back in a ditch. And that's what happened for a good portion of our marriage wow. until I did finally go get some specific inner healing that dealt with some of those things. And when that happened, I went to Restoring the Foundations Ministry. Uh, it was a three-day intensive with a, a couple that are wow. strategic in figuring out, finding out through prayer uh, and through actual, like, writing out all the stuff that you've gone through, your parents have gone through, your grandparents, your great-grandparents. Because some of the, it was so crazy, some of the stuff that I've dealt with, my grandparents dealt with. Like, my grandpa died early of alcoholism. And here I have struggled with that most of my life until I got this freedom and never even looked at how those things connect. So once I actually went and got some real true inner healing, uh, it broke so much of that stuff. And I've gone back for more and more tune-ups. But um, the beautiful thing is that God never left. And even though my wife left a couple of times, we were separated and she's just like, I got to get away from you. Um, God always brought us back. He always... She allowed him to bring healing and grace and mercy and gave that to me as well. Uh, and, you know, the fact that we're still here, that things are thriving right now, God continues to open up more amazing doors than ever, is just proof that God, our good Papa, never leaves his kids and his plans for you aren't thwarted even when you make mistakes. Um, um, we're, we're living proof of that. No, that that's really compelling, David. And I think that's the whole point of so much of the walk that we have with God is it's a constant moving 
thing. It's not, yeah. okay, I get saved and everything's great. It's right. not. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, everyone's I like, okay, I did it. We're good. And that's And I tithed and I'm good and that's it. And it's like, yeah. it's an evolution. It's a constant yeah. growth to get closer to him. And we fall off course all the time. But it's yeah. getting back up onto it and going, no, God, you're still my everything, I'm gonna do it right again, let's go again. And he always is there to greet us in that. And I think people yes. don't understand who haven't had a long road with him, especially those that may not even know him, that um, it's magnificent. And when he starts to move in your life, you don't wanna get away from it. So you keep trying so much so that when you do fall off, you know, wait, reset, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta redo this. I gotta get it the right way. Yeah. Um, 